Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. I know you're, you're, you've been in the job you're in for a little while. When was the last time you actually had like a real job interview? Ooh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been five years now. Uh, I've, I've been in my current job actually at my five year mark uh, about a month ago. So, yeah, uh, five years and roughly five, six weeks uh, since my last job interview. What about you? Um, it's, it's been a little while, uh, but have you ever had one of those interviews where they ask you really weird, like off the wall questions? Uh, yes, because I interviewed for a, um, a marketing position for a restaurant chain one time in which the person interviewing me was drunk. So yeah, there are plenty of odd questions on that one. Really? Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's another story for another day, but oh yes. Yeah. That was a, that was quite the experience. What, what would you say is the strangest question you've ever been asked in an interview? Ooh, oh boy. Um, I mean, I've had like in various interviews, I've had people get kind of like way too personal, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, how, how many kids do you want to have one day? You know, that, that, yada, yada. Like, it's like, dude, I'm just trying to get a job. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to pay bills. Can you stop? <laughs> you know, just weird, weird stuff like that. Uh, what about what about you? I, well, my favorite is when they ask you what your greatest weakness is. Oh, um, man, I hate that. Because I always tell them that I'm too honest. Mm-hmm. And then they always come back with something like, well, I, I don't really think that's a weakness. But then I tell them, I don't give a damn what you think. Uh, you rebel. <laughs> I made you laugh. You did. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Ah, uh, not too much. Not too much. Uh, had, a, had a fun week this week. What, uh, what are you drinking tonight, Cam? Uh, tonight, I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA from New Belgium Brewing. Uh, swig a beer for the working man. Oh, very nice. Love that yeah, Voodoo what, what Ranger. A, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, what about you? Uh, well, I've got me about three fingers of Woodford Reserve here, uh, oh. which means that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to need a sports drink. Just like Sports Drink Media, who brings you this podcast and many fine others like our friends over at the Platinum Sombrero, Doc and Dylan. And speaking of Doc and Dylan, you can always hear them every Thursday on Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is an audio-only sports talk platform, essentially like a live podcast where you can get in and actually interact with the hosts as they're putting on their show. Uh, you can go to the iOS store or Google Play store and download that. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. You never know when me and Cam might pop in there. That's right. Yeah, so today... We're doing something pretty cool. A little birdie on Twitter told me that uh, that some friends of ours were starting a new Braves podcast. And uh, remembering back to all the help we had from our podcast friends when we were first getting started, 
wanted to uh, wanted to bring them on and see what they were all about. So uh, so Chase from SportsTalkATL.com is joining us today. Chase, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. And the first thing I have to say is that was really impressive. Uh, I like <laughs> I like that whole intro. I really did. I mean, I got to work on that. And now that we got the new podcast going, so uh, I got I, I got to work on that. That was really impressive. Had had lots of practice. <laughs> that, that's right. Plus, uh, plus we always start out our show with my uh, huge catchphrase that's widely popular. What's shaking bacon? Um, yeah. Because I I know for sure that Alex is a huge fan of me saying that every huge week. fan. Love it. Yeah. Can't get enough. I, and yeah. We even, I, yeah. I, I think we even sold exactly one T-shirt with that phrase on it. That's right. <laughs> we sure did. Hey, that's better than zero. Trust that's me. That's right. I have a closet full of probably like a thousand shirts in my thing. So. You know, if you know anyone that needs them, I know I'm sending one over to you, uh, Alex. So uh, I got about a thousand more. So (laughs) anyone who needs them. Awesome. Well, uh, I mean, to to get started, I'm I'm just super curious about about your operation over there at SportsTalkATL.com because it it seems if I'm not mistaken, you're you're a couple of guys kind of fresh out of college around the what? Yeah, I mean. I'm 26. I'm like the oldest out of all of them. And I started it when I was, uh, I don't know, 19, like sophomore year in college. I just kind of as a hobby. And then it just kind of kept growing and growing. And then I got out of college. I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I was applying for these sales jobs, hated it. Um, You know, hated interviewing. I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do any of these like decline jobs, got declined. And eventually I was like, you know, I'm going to do this full time. Just shoot my shot, move down to Atlanta. And uh, it's kind of taken off from there. Very nice. Very nice. So it's, did it did it start as uh, as like well, I guess it's not print anymore, but but mostly uh, mostly articles and text. Yeah, I mean, I, like it was mostly articles. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I was a terrible English student, so when I first started writing, I had no idea like even how to write an article. I just wanted someone to listen to what I had to say. Um, and then it was just Twitter, and we just grew a Twitter following, and it's it just kind of grown from there. And then I was trying to get into podcasting, like you guys, and doing some video stuff coming up coming. So just kind of keep growing. I'm just kind of playing it by ear because this is all kind of new to me. Very cool. Very cool. So, so speaking of, uh, of podcasting, uh, you do have a, a new Braves podcast coming out. Um, what can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, we've been planning to do this for a while, but with all the injuries and then just other stuff, football Hawks, the Hawks playoffs, we kind of got delayed doing it. And uh, me and Jake, uh, we've always been good friends. He's been with me since the beginning, um, creating Sports Talk ATL. And we've done a few podcasts before. We were, I mean, you know, we feed well off each other. So I'm really excited to get that started with him. And, you know, kind of just like this, shoot the shoot the crap with uh, the fans, uh, answer questions, talk Braves. And, uh, you know, we have Talking Birdie, which is with Matt Caroli, who's a big guy on Falcons uh, Twitter. That's our Falcons podcast. So just starting one for each team. That's really our goal. And, you know, doing weekly podcasts. Nice, nice. So how how big's your team at this point? Um, so I've got like a a decent amount of just like independent contractors that kind of like, you know, do like right at their own time. You know, they have other jobs. And then I have Jake who he's in law school, but uh he's been with me for the beginning. He's he's more like full time and I have another full time employee. So I would say three full time and then we got, you know, four or five other people that kind of contribute when they can. Very cool, man. You're living the dream over there. That's no kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I it's kind of it's kind of taken off a lot in the last like two years, really. Uh, before that, it was kind of a struggle, but I guess that that's you know all good things. You know, they take a little while to get going. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're sitting at around what twenty five thousand followers on Twitter for the main account. That's a <laughs> that's a pretty impressive yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's grown. I think like a lot organically more recently. So that that's good. Uh, I mean, having Jake and having you know Alex now doing more full time has like helped a ton. Yeah, and I, I mean, just from from my personal experience, I, I will say that following along with you guys kind of helped bring me back to NBA basketball. Um, I haven't cared about uh, an NBA postseason since Michael Jordan was playing until this year and got to follow along with you guys and, of course, the Atlanta Hawks making the run that they did. And, man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll give the Hawks most of the credit there. They did all the hard work. Uh, they were just, they were just, they were a fun ass, uh, a fun team to cheer for. I mean, it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was one of the most magical runs I've, I've been a part of as a fan. Uh, I went to LSU, so that national championship run they went on a couple years ago, that was, that was amazing. Um, but that, that Hawks one is probably the best one. I mean, the most recent Braves one was pretty good, but the Hawks just kind of came out of nowhere, so it made it really exciting. Very cool. So who does the uh, who does the best Edo impression at Sports Talk ATL? Oh, I uh, I, I would pro- <laughs> I would probably say I would probably say Alex. I feel like he could do a pretty good one. I mean, Alex went to LSU with me. That's how I know him. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So we were we were you know he was a couple years younger than me. He was in my brother's fraternity, and uh, he's from Atlanta. And we just I was just kind of talked to him after college because. That guy knows more about the NFL than, and he's a Packers fan, unfortunately, so it doesn't make a ton of sense. But uh, he's kind of adopted the Falcons because, you know, it's he gets to write about sports, so I think he likes that. Right on. Very well, cool. It's a it, it's a fun week to have a guest on the show because I think this might be the first time all season that that we're gonna have, generally speaking, a very positive outlook on on the Braves over the past week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a like, lot of fun to watch. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, there was a reason why I was ready to start the podcast this week. We kind of like had it on the back burner, like, uh, you know, like who really wants to start a podcast when we're just like winning and losing and, you know, six games out of first. Uh, but, but this is a good time to get it back, back started because I mean, they finally playing good. The new additions been fantastic so far. Adam Duvall back hit a bomb today. So, oh, man. Did, were you guys watching that one on TV? I I was on I was listening in the car at that time. I was like driving to the gas station and driving back, and he hit a bomb. But I I mean he hit that up to the Hank Aaron Terrace, didn't he? Or close to it? Yes. Well, pretty. I, I don't know exactly where it landed, but the the one thing I know I was at the game today, and the one thing I noticed is that thing got out of the park about as quickly as I've ever seen a ball get out of a park. Like yeah. I was. I was shocked that it was only 109 mile an hour exit velocity. I thought it was going to be like 120 or something just off the charts. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, I, Joe Simpson or, or Ben Ingram, I don't remember who was announcing it, but he went pr- crazy pretty quickly. Like it was a no doubter. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, and then we got to see the first multi-inning appearance from Richard Rodriguez, which is quite frankly, the one thing I was super excited about. Uh, when we picked him up, because I mean, it just obviously because it was back when he was playing the Braves when he was with Pittsburgh. But that two inning appearance that he had against the Braves 
where he just shut us down for six straight outs stuck out in my mind so bad that that was the guy that I wanted us to get at, at the trade deadline. So, so to actually finally be able to see a reliever of ours go out and, and give us more than one inning of work of quality work was uh, a lot of fun to see. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Rodriguez. I know Sam who does some writing for us, uh, wrote an article about how since the spider tack ban, you know, he's lost a lot of spin rate and he's had like a, had like a five ERA, I think before he got traded, but he certainly hasn't looked like that. I think he's appeared five times with us already and no mm-hmm. runs. So he's been basically perfect. And Matzik's looking really good. Uh, Will Smith outside of last night has been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of looked and Chessie Chavez and Edgar Santana, two guys that, you know, who, who the hell knows where they came from, but they, uh, <laughs> They've, uh, you know, come back and, you know, they put, I mean, Chavez gave up runs today, but before that he had like a sub two ERA. So he's, he's been really good. It's it's the bullpen's kind of come around except for that one night. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. I mean, the, the, the team in general, you know, barring Freddie staying sick for a long time looks to be in a, in a great position to make a run here. Yeah, especially with the schedule, too. I think they got the Nats again, Marlins, Orioles, Reds. I think those are their next four series. So yeah, they could I, win They could win a lot of those games. I, I haven't followed along with the Reds a ton this season. Um, but, I mean, I, I keep hearing the names Jesse Winker and, and Joey Votto and Nick Castellanos. And, and are, are, they gonna, are, are they a relatively easy series for us? No, I think that's I think that's a pretty even matchup, especially when you don't have Acuna and Anderson and guys like that. But the other three, you know, Nationals, Miami, Orioles, you should win hopefully like at least seven of those games. So if you can just if you can win the series at home versus the Reds, you're definitely looking good after that. So uh, I want to I want to get a take from you here. Uh, what what would your reaction be if you wake up tomorrow and you see announcements from the Braves saying we have activated Travis Darno. He, uh, he will start the game tonight in a corresponding move. We have designated Steven vote for assignment. Oh, I mean, I might blow up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that would just be absurd. Uh, I mean, you saw Alex Johnson, Jackson hit another homer today. So you kind of like wonder like how the hell Kevin Smith's been on the team for so long. I mean, I've wondered that for a while. Uh, he's basically a free out. Uh, Freed's hitting like four times better than him. Oh yeah. Um, he, so I think before before he grounded out late in the game, he was hitting like three thirty three for the season, which Jeez. is truly amazing. Like we're in August. Like we're, yeah. we're like almost in mid August. Like Freed is actually a hitter. Like he's pretty good. Like right. It's, it's not, like it's not. It's not a free out. There's no way you can say that anymore. I mean, if he once over three hundred for the whole season. I, I like outside of like Shohei Itani. Like who does that? Once when we get Waskar back, we might look like an American League team. Yeah, I, I actually. Yeah, now that you mentioned, I forgot how well he was hitting it. I mean, he was he was dropping bombs early in the season. I actually totally forgot about that. He was hitting absolute tanks to dead center field for grand slams. It was it was it was the craziest thing. My, but like, uh, I, I was telling Cam like that the night that happened, um, I was my my wife was in the bedroom taking a shower after uh, getting home from the gym, and I was watching that game, 
And when he hit that grand slam, I uh, I forget exactly how I reacted, but whatever it was prompted my wife to come running out of the shower soaking wet, asking me if everything was okay. <laughs> and that was, I, I, yeah, I totally, I completely blanked that he did all that. But yeah, he, to- I mean, he was dropping tanks, but I, I, like, I like I said before, I don't think he really has like a, a good swing though. It was kind of like, he felt like he just kept running into balls. Like I never, like Freed looks like up there. He's like an athlete. Like, I feel like he could drop a, drop a tank at any time. Kyle Muller looks like he can drop a tank at any time. Yeah. Muller in, in pitchers terms, at least Muller strikes me as more of like a Joey Gallo, right? Like, like a low two hundreds kind of batting average, but good Lord, when he finally runs into one, it's going to go like 500 feet. I, I think, I think someone, you probably saw this on Twitter too, but they were talking about him in batting practice and he just launches the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the guy's seven. like, he's a monster. He's an absolute yeah. monster. Yeah, what a pleasant surprise that guy's been. Honestly, uh, how how good he's been. I, I never expected that. I I had high hopes for Mueller, but I never expected him to come up and pitch like this. Oh, when when I saw we called him up, I, I was terrified. I thought it was way too soon. Yeah, I I thought it was too. I mean, he was walking a ton of guys. He still was walking a ton of guys in AAA. He he had had a good stretch right before they called him up, and then he comes in for relief against the Red Sox. Why ever Snit put him? in that situation so early I have no idea but that didn't work out but then he started starting and I mean he's been great yeah he had this past week he did have issues with his fastball command but I think with a with a pitcher like him that's kind of to be expected especially given how young he is but it was it was funny because all he had was his slider and his curveball and and he was still getting guys out pretty effectively yeah, I call him effectively wild. He kind of like, it's like almost like the batters don't know where the ball is going at all, especially from the left side and how it comes out. Uh, sometimes you'll see him take such awkward swings that like fastballs way out of the zone. So there's some, there's got to be something to like his release point that is deceiving for like hitters. I, I think so. For sure. Well, uh, so when can we expect your pod to drop? Uh, it should be Tuesday. We'll record it. We'll we'll have it Tuesday. We'll probably drop the podcast episode on Apple Podcasts, and then Tuesday or Wednesday, and then Wednesday we'll probably put it on Wednesday, uh, on YouTube because we'll do it on video. Um, and you know we're trying to get get the YouTube, try to get the video um, thing going, and as well as the podcast. So it should be this week, and we'll probably do once a week, and then I think every probably you know if we're in the playoffs, we'll probably do it a couple times a week. Um, but basically, I mean, if, if people are listening, um, we, we have all the time in the world. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, I know uh, I know you said you're going to be taking fans questions. How can they get in contact with you guys? Yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, you can comment, leave something on the blog. Uh, any, any Basically, any questions I see, which it's crazy. It's always funny on Twitter. We, we'll ask for questions and we'll get like two responses. But then. You know, during a Braves game, we'll get 35 questions. It's like, well, when we ask, why don't you say anything? But that's just the way it happens. Because us as fans are are notorious prisoners of the moment, and and these 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 cons- these massive concerns that we have don't pop up until they're just right <laughs> in our face. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess so, but I mean, I'm a fan too. So I, I think that's the good thing about our site is we, we, you know, we're just, we're the same as everyone else. And we kind of try to keep it like that. We try to act like that. We like, we like, you know, stirring the pot uh, and just, um, you know, with other fan bases, everything. Very cool. Well, uh, well, yeah, if you're not already, go to at Sports Talk ATL on Twitter and give them a follow. You're probably already following them if you're following us. But uh, go ahead and follow Chase and Jake as well. A uh, couple of great guys on there. Uh, Chase, really appreciate you joining the pod today. No, I really, uh, you know, that intro got me excited. So I really <laughs> loved it. Thank you for having me on. And, you know, keep, keep doing good work, guys. If there's one thing that Cam and I can do effectively, it's 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 chill for our sponsors. By yeah. God, that, I mean that that voice there that belongs on a Braves commercial. You got to do the Louisiana hot sauce commercials. Think, we had I a think, hot sauce sponsor last. <laughs> that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm telling you. I think I think they need to put you on the radio, man. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on, and uh, I hope to see big things out of you in the future. All right, I appreciate. It. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, Cam and I will be right back to take a look at some cool moments from this week in baseball history. All right. We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is August 9th through the 15th. But before we get there, Alex, I have some breaking news for you. Ooh, we're breaking a story? Yes. What do we got? I'm drinking chocolate milk now, and it's great. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In, in between in between segments, I went and made a glass of chocolate milk, and it was a tremendous decision on my part, if I do say so myself. That's that's just us trying to appeal to a younger demographic. So, uh, Tyler Knight, go tell all your friends. Oh, man, that boy's going to be excited. <laughs> all right. He got uh, the chalky milk. The chalky milk. <laughs> all right. Our first fact comes to us from August 9th, 1905. Ty Cobb receives a telegram sent by his longtime hometown Royston friend Joe Cunningham informing him that his father, Professor W.H. Cobb, has been killed in a shooting accident the previous night. The telegram reads, come at once. Stop. Very sorry. Stop. Your father dead in shooting accident. Stop. Hurry. The incident will have a profound effect on the life of the 18-year-old Augusta Torst of the South Atlantic League, becoming a sordid affair after the police reveal his mother pulled the trigger. Okay, so Cam, um, yes. when we were talking about this off the air, yes, um, you you told me uh, this story a little more in depth. Um, so so please, good lord, share this with the people. Okay, so Professor W.H. Cobb uh, traveled quite a bit in his profession. I believe he was also involved in ministry uh, to some extent. But at some point uh, right around this time, he became suspicious that his wife was having an affair. So he came home early one night from a trip, climbed up onto the balcony of their two-story home, peered into the window, and sure enough, his suspicions were correct. There is his wife uh, sleeping with another man. Well, the man and woman are startled by hearing someone outside the door out on the balcony. And so the wife grabbed a shotgun and shot her husband in the chest. Oh, my God. So Mrs. Cobb blew two men away that night. 
sorry. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> that was um. That was not my best joke. Oh my god. I. <laughs> you okay? I wasn't ready. <laughs> Neither was he. <laughs> oh man. That is absolutely the best joke you've ever told. On show. <laughs> oh God, do you have to slap the explicit label on this episode now? I'm happy to do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. You all right? Ah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's go. We got okay. we got this. Okay, okay. Our next fact comes to us also from August 9th in 1946. In MLB's version of Friday Night Lights, all eight games scheduled in eight different cities will be played under the lights. It will be the first time in Major League history that every team will participate in an evening game on the same night. So obviously they were not playing in Wrigley that evening because that didn't come till the 80s. But yeah, how about that? 1946, the first time that all games were played in night time. Huh. Neat stuff. Neat stuff. Speaking of Friday Night Lights, high school football season's coming up. Ooh. And I went to my first practice yesterday. I know you're ready. I am very ready. There are some big youngins on that team. <laughs> like, have kids gotten bigger? I mean, I I don't I don't know. Um, cause cause I'd, I I think I mentioned on on the show before when when I was playing Little League and I was like uh, I don't know what 11, 12 years old, something like that, to play little league. Right. Um, I I hadn't hit a growth spurt yet, so I was like, I was probably four foot five at that point. Okay. Um, and I was going up against a like there were a few guys that were grown ass men. Yeah. Like I'm talking six foot plus, like 180 pounds, uh, throwing gas that they couldn't control. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, so they've always been there. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if there have always been enough of them to fill up a football team. Right. But I mean, like, like don't get me wrong, around. like they're, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there, there, there's some like smaller kids on the team, of course, but like some of these linemen on this team are, you know, keep in mind, these are like 15, 16 year olds. These kids are huge. I, uh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. All right, our next fact comes to us from August 11th, 1912. Shoeless Joe Jackson completes the stolen base cycle when he swipes home in the seventh inning of the Indians' 8-3 victory over New York at Cleveland's League Park. The 25-year-old outfielder had made his way around the bases by stealing second and third base before his thievery of the plate to complete the deed. Oh. Stolen base cycle. Yeah, you don't you don't see stolen base cycles uh, very often. But I bring this up also to mention that the Field of Dreams game is this week. Oh yeah, it's what Thursday day, what night. Day is that? Thursday for whatever reason. Okay. But it's on Big Fox, so that's cool. Yeah, gotta gotta make it a point to watch that one. Have you uh, have you seen the uniforms that they're gonna be wearing in that? Yes, and they're awesome. Yeah, like like the Yankees like has some very subtle differences. Like obviously the cap's different; it's a bigger bigger insignia. The logo isn't as clean as it typically is. That sort of thing. But the White Sox uniforms are awesome. Oh, they're just fantastic. 
And they're yes. actually going to be wearing white socks. White socks. The pale hose. <laughs> Let's go pale hose. I just, I just wish that the outfield fence was actually the cornfield. Yeah, I want to see Aaron Judge plow into a cornfield chasing after a fly ball. <laughs> but, but, I have heard that during player introductions, they're actually going to come out onto the field from the cornfield. Yes, I saw how they set that up, and it looks like the the introductions are going to be really, really cool. Yes, yep. So, by all means, everyone, I, I know it's a Thursday night and the Braves are going to be playing, but at least flip over to that for a little bit, because this is really neat. Um, quite frankly, just, we, quite frankly, I think that game is going to be on my TV and I'll probably stream the Braves from the Bally sports app on my phone. There you go. Yeah. Like uh, that's, that's just, I mean, you're, you're never going to see something like that again. No, no, it, it, it's going to be really neat. I'm, I'm hoping like, how cool would it be to have a Sandlot game in, in the, in the years coming up? Like they actually just play on an entire dirt field. Uh, just do it during spring training. Yeah, yeah, like it's some like cool exhibition. That would be fun. You just got to have a killer dog on the other side of the fence. <laughs> it's it's sponsored by like a a, a St. Bernard or a Rottweiler rescue or something, and they have all the dogs out beyond the fence. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I like uh, it. That's not going to work. Just, Why? Just, just briefly started thinking it through. Uh, that works until someone hits a home run that, like, strikes a dog. Shouldn't have been standing there. Shut the hell up, Cam. Oh, my God. Uh, next fact comes to This us is a from... pro-dog podcast, damn it. I, I, I didn't say it wasn't. Our next fact comes to us from August 13th, 1932. After blanking Washington for nine innings in a scoreless tie, Red Ruffing hits a solo home run in the top of the 10th. The right-hander then closes out the Senators in the bottom of the frame to preserve the Yankees' one-to-nothing victory. It was a banner. What was that name again? Red Ruffing, R-U-F-F-I-N-G. What a name. That's awesome. What a day. (laughs) (laughs) Pitches nine shutout innings in the top of the 10th, hits a solo bomb, then closes out the bottom of the 10th to win. That'll do. That's that's an all-right outing. I'm sure he enjoyed a a tasty beverage after that game. It's good stuff. Has, All has right. there been a time in our lifetime where a pitcher's gone 10? I, uh, I feel like there has, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Has to have been. I'm, I'm sure there is. Let me, let me look into that this week, and we'll, we'll report back on that next week. Well, I mean, going nine, I mean, uh, what's his name uh, for the Phillies? Just went nine innings today. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, Zach Wheeler pitched a complete game shutout today against the Mets. Uh, meet the Mets. Okay, I I already have the answer to my question. Okay. The last time a pitcher threw more than nine innings, April 18th, 2012, Phillies versus Giants, Cliff Lee goes 10 innings allowing zero runs, seven hits, striking out seven, and walking nobody. Ah, Cliff Lee, the lesser lesser remembered uh, member of the three-headed monster. It happened, better yet, it happened twice 
in 2007. Okay. The first name is not going to surprise you. Roy Halladay did it uh, for the Blue Jays against the Tigers, uh, going 10 innings, allowing one run, six hits, striking out two, and walking nobody. Um, The second name might surprise you a bit. Okay. Uh, It was Reds versus Brewers. Aaron Harang. Aaron Aaron Harang. Goes 10 innings, one run, seven hits, 10 strikeouts, no walks. I'm not even sure I remember that name, to be honest with you. Really? I, I Maybe? Hang on. Aaron. He played for the Braves, dude. What year did he play for the Braves? 2014. Uh Fairly recently, in your adult life. That's not as good as a year before, though. <laughs> but, man, if he could have been part of the 2013 Braves. World champs, baby. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> All right. Our final fact comes to us from August 15th, 1955. At Sportsman Park. Brave starting pitcher Warren Spahn hits a home run and a triple in his 12-1 complete game victory over the Redbirds. The crafty left-hander, who will hit 35 homers in his 21-year career, has now homered in every National League stadium. What? I, I had no idea Spahn was that prolific of a home run hitter. Uh, dude, Spahn drugged the field when he walked out there, all right? Yeah, I mean, I knew he did as a pitcher. Yeah. I I had no clue that, that he had a bat like that. Uh, old boy was carrying it in his sock wherever he went, all right? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I'm using that one on Twitter in the coming weeks. I like it. I like it. Well, hey, that'd be, you know, that, that'd be something fun to talk about on Twitter, but you could also talk about it. In Spotify Green Room. Yeah. So just in case you fast forward it through the beginning of the show, we're going to get you again. Spotify Green Room is like an interactive podcast. It's a mobile app that you can download on your phone on both Apple and Android devices. And you can chime in with other users of Spotify Green Room. It's audio only, so you don't have to worry about anybody seeing your ugly mug. So you can just jump on there. And- <laughs> This week in baseball history, do with that useless knowledge what you will. God damn it, I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to be right back to take a look at the past week for the Atlanta Braves and see what's ahead. All right, so this is the point of the show where I have said the same thing just about every single damn week of this season, which is something to the effect of... We'll see you next week on a brand new episode of... I'm sorry. (laughs) It has been an up week for the Atlanta Braves. My God. Atlanta Braves are going to the moon. To the moon, daddy. Things are trending up. Finally. Finally. Things are going in the right direction for the Braves. We talked about all the moves they made at the trade deadline. 
And those moves are all starting to pay dividends for us. So we started the week on Monday in St. Louis for a three-game set against the Cardinals. Braves come out and absolutely rock John Lester in the very first inning. Take the game 6-1, to one, getting home, uh, home runs out of Freddie Freeman and Jorge Soler, both within the first two innings off of Lester. Lester was also very upset with the strike zone he was getting, which from my vantage point looked perfectly fair. But... He looked like uh, a tomato. He was, oh my God, he, he, he was matching his hat. Like his face was so red because he, he was, so mad. he was so convinced he was getting an unfair strike zone, which was not the case like at all. I think the umpire review of that game showed that it was a, a plus one run for the Cardinals kind of, kind of performance. Get wrecked. But yeah, so. Uh, started out well, uh, got a win on the road against the Cardinals, uh, looking to take the series from there. Braves come right back the next night and win seven to four. Yeah. Good stuff. Had a seven to four off of, on the back of a fairly rough outing for Drew Smiley, no less, uh, only gets through four innings, allowing six hits and three earned runs. Uh, and a big home run, but the bullpen came in and really did some fantastic work to keep them in it and allow them to eventually win the game. Well, and, and, to, and to Smiley's credit, though, those three runs came in the first inning, right? Yeah, those three runs did come in the first inning, but uh, I think it was a pitch count issue. He just he, he, couldn't, he right, couldn't stay right, in right. there further than further than four. Um, but yeah, uh, Braves have started scoring some runs late in games, which is phenomenal because I mean, that's, that's the Braves team that we have grown to know and love over the course of 2018, 19, 20. And now finally, we're starting to see that out of them. We got three runs in the eighth inning, which was the difference in the game for us here. So take the series on the road against the St. Louis Cardinals. And get to 500. Get to 500 with an opportunity to sweep the Cardinals and get over 500 for the very first time all season. An opportunity they finally seized. Braves win 8-4. to four. Edgar Santana gets the win. Uh, <laughs> Braves put up six runs in the eighth inning in one of my favorite Innings of Braves baseball I have ever watched in my entire life. Cam, I know you were, you, you said you were listening to this one on the radio, correct? Uh, correct, yes. Um, yes. I sincerely hope that, 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 that Ben and Joe and the radio crew were able to, to properly convey the ridiculousness that we were seeing on the field in the eighth inning on Wednesday. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I, I was I honest, honestly, you know, it was, it was getting past 10 o'clock at that point. <clears throat> I was getting close to actually going to bed. Uh, right. As Riley hit the game tying home run with two outs, mind you. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, we were down to our final four outs down two runs and so Riley ties it up with just a laser down the line that I swear I thought was going foul uh, when he first hit it. And so how he hooked it around the pole. 
And so we're tied, and it's like, okay, well, you know, new ball game. Let's let's see what they can do. And then uh, that's followed up by by a base hit, and then by a hit by pitch, and then by a walk. And so at this point, it's like, okay, bases loaded, two outs. We've seen this movie before. You know, we have had so many situations where we have failed to capitalize. And then we didn't even have to put the ball in play for five more runs. (laughs) (laughs) That was the darndest thing I have ever seen. And Mike Schilt left that guy out there to die. It was amazing. Alex Reyes, the unfortunate pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals in this eighth inning. Who was an Um, all-star this year, right? I believe so. Like, who has had a very good season this year. All of a sudden, this guy couldn't find the strike zone. Like, he saved his life. If there had been no batter standing in the box, this guy could not have thrown a strike. It it was one of the wildest cases of the yips I have ever watched in real time. Um, And I it's not like he was getting squeezed or anything like he was missing by quite a margin. Oh, yeah. He was throwing balls in the dirt. He was throwing them in the opposite batter's box. It was crazy. He ends up walking in four consecutive batters with the bases loaded. I I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Mind you. After tonight or after uh, Thursday night's hubbub with the uh, Cardinals, they are now two bases loaded walks away from tying the single season record. Um, And there are like 50 games left in the season. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So w- when we got to that inning and the bases were loaded and it looked like maybe we were going to draw a walk. Ben made the comment that I believe at that time that, well, the the Cardinals lead the league in, in, in bases loaded walks this year with, like, I think he said, like, 19 or 20, 21 maybe. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. So now they're two away <laughs> from the all-time record, <laughs> which I believe is 29. It's It was, oh, man, it was amazing. Um, just it, I, I can only imagine what that was like to watch for a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I, I, I made the comment that at one point I thought Bush Stadium was actually going to burn to the ground. I, I, I might have put my fist through the television if that had happened to the Braves. Goodness gracious. It was absolutely ridiculous. So the Braves sweep the Cardinals on the road. Get back over. Well, back. Get over 500. For the very first time in 2021 and come back home for a three game set against the essentially essentially the studs of the house that once was the Washington Nationals. Yeah, because they have stripped that thing down to damn near nothing at this point. Uh, the studs and they have and they come out and and continue uh, their offensive dominance, uh, taking an eight to four win against the Nationals back at home to go two games over 500 and get within a game and a half of the now first place Philadelphia Phillies, who have started doing pretty good work against the the New York Mets, who had previously occupied that first place spot pretty much all season. Yeah, I think the Mets are like one and nine in their last ten. 
Uh, things are not going well for the Mets right now. Um, and if you look at their upcoming schedule, things will continue to go poorly <laughs> for the Mets. <laughs> it is, uh, how you say a tough row to hoe. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Braves put themselves in a great position with the eight to four win over the, over the nationals. Um, you've got four wins in a row, which matches your season high winning streak. Uh, go into the Saturday game with the Nationals with a great chance to set a new high watermark for a winning streak in 2021. Take a two to nothing lead into the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth inning. And uh, uh, thing, things happened. Will Smith happened. Will 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 Smith happened. Um, unfortunately, uh, Will Will Smith did not have his best outing of the year. Uh, it was it was pretty ugly, guys. Um, somehow got through an inning. Uh, was just just battered about. Allowed three earned runs, uh, and then Kyle Finnegan comes in for the Nationals and gets the save. Nationals win three to two. So we are still, we are, we are, while we have gotten past uh, a record setting uh, alternating win and loss start to the second half, um, we have not gotten past our inability to win five games in a row. But damn it, we're going to try again. Come back on Sunday for the rubber match against the Nationals back at home with Max Freed on the mound against Patrick Corbin, a fantastic pitcher's duel from the starters. Uh, Max goes six innings, allowing one earned run, five uh, strikes out five and walks one. Patrick Corbin comes in, uh, throws six innings, but gets touched up late, goes uh, allows five earned runs, five strikeouts and one walk. Richard Rodriguez, as we talked about uh, with Chase earlier in the podcast, comes in and gives us four outs, an inning and a third, which is really nice to see out of him. Chris Martin comes in and gets the save. Uh, do not take this to mean that Will Smith is no longer our closer. He had just worked three games in a row, and he was not going to come out of that bullpen today. But Braves ultimately win five to four going back to two games over 500 and really setting themselves up well for, uh, for, for the remainder of the season. Um, you know, you, you broke that streak of, of wins and losses alternating. You, you got past the, uh, the hurdle of 500, which you hadn't crossed all season and things, things are just going well. Yeah. I'm almost afraid to say it. Plus, plus, we should probably be set to expect Travis Darno to come back maybe this week. Yes. Uh, Waskar Enoa is coming along in his rehab starts. Ian Anderson is coming along in his rehab starts. Thing, things are going very well. Things are, things are going in the right direction. And now we find ourselves one and a half games out of first place. Uh, a first place position occupied by the Phillies. Uh, the Mets, who not very long ago had a four or five game lead in the National League East, find themselves in third place, staring down the barrel of a road trip 
that takes them to Los Angeles and San Francisco, two teams that I assure you they want no part of. It's going to be great. Ah, uh-huh. it's going to be fantastic. This is going to be this is going to be an all-time great New York Mets meltdown. I mean, you know, they're losing. Their owner is acting like a goober on Twitter. <laughs> you Good just time. you just love to see it. All right, so Monday today if you're listening to this podcast, uh Hey, the, a Monday release. Hey, we've got the day off. Uh, before starting a series at home against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, We will have Drew Smiley on the mound for the first game of the series, uh, taking on Sonny Gray of the Reds. Uh, Tuki Toussaint takes the bump for the second game, going up against Wade Miley. And then in the final game, a 5-10 start at home. Uh, Kyle Muller will be on the hill up against Vladimir Gutierrez. We then travel back up to Washington with Charlie Morton on the mound up against John Gray. Saturday, we've got Max Fried against Patrick Corbin, a rematch of what we saw today. And then we've got on Sunday, Drew Smiley up against Paolo Espino. Espino? Espino? Am I anywhere close to pronouncing that right? Espino sounds more accurate than Espino. Sure. That's just my two cents. Paolo. I'm pretty sure I got the first name right, at least. Paolo? Yes. <laughs> I like it. All right. So you got you got six games. I, I would say if you take four out of the next six, you are in a very good place. Going into uh, the following week where you've got three against the Marlins and three against the Orioles. This is yes. a, this is this is a trap run, isn't it? Yes. Oh, the God. Or- the, the Orioles have had me scared all season. <laughs> they're, they're the one. All right, so that does it for our review of the week ahead for the Braves. But before we go, our voicemail line has been blowing up this week. And just as a reminder to all of you, if you ever have any questions or comments to the show, you can call in and let us know at 678 678- Two four two nine four zero eight. So without further ado, let's listen to some voicemails. First one, it's our old friend Joe. Let's see what he's got. Hey fellas, what's up? It's me, it's Joe, it's me again. Hey, big fan of uh, what I just heard. Not okay. Listen, you guys talk about how sweaty you were doing your various little activities. Changing shirts though, kind of weak in my opinion. You got to. Uh, you gotta just ride with that whatever shirt is just drenched because guess what? Once it gets to a certain point, it's not gonna get any sweatier. And you just, you just gotta be uh, a man about it. No offense to the ladies out there. Okay. They, maybe they can be a man about it too and keep their sweaty shirts on. But I, this isn't about them. This is about you. Because as, listen, as a trucker, I have not changed my shirt in five days. Jesus. <laughs> and let me tell you, it freaking is disgusting. But. I will not let my heritage down of the trucking nation by changing shirts. No, I might put on some deodorant every few days to uh, knock down the stench. But, <laughs> but boys, when you're in it for the long haul, sometimes you just got to grab yourself by the bootstraps oh, and keep 
that sweaty shirt on. So don't let me hear you guys getting all soft with that anymore, okay? You just listen, right? Stop what you're doing right now. Go outside. Is it hot? It should be. You're in the south. Go outside, get sweaty, keep the shirt on for three more days, okay? Then you'll be on my level. Or four days? What did I say? Five? Doesn't matter. All right. Well, then, where am I? Massachusetts? Heading back to, oh, God. Oh, nice road construction out here. That's cool. Hey, uh, what? Massachusetts back to New Hampshire. I'm signing out now. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Oh, by the way, I also had to poop in the woods today. So I'll talk to you later. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Always an adventure with uh, with the one and only Joe Seppi trucking around the nation uh, in a shirt he hasn't changed in five days. It seems keeping our country moving. By God, keeping keeping things moving. And speaking of keeping things moving, signed off with a uh, I took a poop in the woods today. <laughs> well, he's a uh, he's he's a, he's a unique gentleman. Um, Joe, you, we you love him. You called in, and what we wanted you to call in about was 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 the chicken strips. Yeah, we we entitled an episode "Chicken Strips." That's right. So we could get an update on on your Flying J chicken delights, and and here you are leaving us hanging. We have to wait a whole other week Golly. to hear about these chicken strips. What is this? My goodness. All right, we've got another old friend calling in after this. It is the blind donkey runner. Let's see what John's got to say. There it is. This is the blind donkey runner. What's up, guys? Um, sorry if my voice is a little scratchy. Allergies are humongous here in Georgia, and they suck. Um, Darn wildfires. Braves did make some great trades. I agree. And then Atlanta Braves fan. I'm happy. And then Rome Braves fan. Kind of upset. Because two pitchers who were doing really well for the Rome Braves are no longer with the Rome Braves. They are more than likely now with the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Uh, Ricky DeVito who is the pitcher who, uh, Alex, you were not familiar with, pitched pretty decently uh, at the beginning of the season and the end of 2019 for the World Braves. Um, he was on the injured list most recently. Um, Casey Kamlich has been a de facto closer for the most part for Rome the last couple of years, especially or in the 2019 and this year, especially this year. Um, it was between him and Justin uh, Yeager recently. But Casey Kalish is really good. He's got really good fastball, really command of his fastball. And, um, he's steady at third between 94 and 98. So the Pirates, you're welcome. You've got two phenomenal young, talented arms to uh, help your minor league system. Um I'm sorry. Uh, Casey Kalish went to Kansas City, and the Royals got a good one there. I am. I blame it on the allergies, guys. Blame it on the allergies. Blame it on the goose. Gotcha. The Royals and the Pirates <laughs> got two really good rookie, uh, minor league pitchers. So as a Royal Braves fan, like I said, I'm upset. But as an Atlanta Braves fan, I think we we did pretty well. Uh, 
Um, I missed you guys last week, but completely understand. As a podcaster myself, I completely understand technical issues. I have them a lot. So, this is the Blind Donkey Runner, out. Solid, uh, solid trade analysis and farm report. Yeah, yeah, far, uh, far more technical insight than than we're uh, able to provide as as the average chatters that we are. Um, we are but average chatters. <laughs> Your advanced metrics frighten us. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, good to hear from somebody who follows along with the Rome Braves and and knows these guys a little bit a little bit more in depth than we do. Um, yeah, the, those are both guys who sound like they could have potential for uh, for the Royals and Pirates, respectively. But um, you know, I, I'm 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 still okay with it. Uh, oh yeah. I, as I've made reference to a few times in this episode, I, I am a big Rich Richard Rodriguez guy, so uh, I, I'm thrilled that we got him. Quite frankly, regardless of the cost. Um, and and Jorge Soler has has just been phenomenal for the Braves so far. So uh, if uh, if those guys can keep up their great work, then uh, then I, I think we absolutely fleeced both the uh, both the Pirates and the Royals. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so uh, so we've got a new caller here. Uh, this is a uh, actually an old buddy of mine from when I lived up in Pittsburgh. Uh, I guess just uh, recently started listening to the show. Uh, Mr. Dave Perry. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, Cam, Alex. I enjoy the show. More so Cam than Alex. You get rid of him, we'd be all fine. Hey. Uh, like you both said, I'm currently drinking a, a hazy IPA brewed with millet and quinoa. Uh, it's pretty tasty. I'm also a long-time listener, first-time caller. Anyway, I have a question for the class. Uh, has there ever been a time in Braves, Braves history where uh, a batter or a player hit three triples in one game? And then what we call it a triplet. Alex, I'll hang up and wait for your response. Well, Dave, thanks for calling in. Uh, I don't believe that uh, that they would call that a triplet, um, but uh, Cam, I, I believe you've discovered the answer to uh, to Dave's question here. Uh, yes, it actually happened a couple of times back when the Braves were still in Boston, but most recently and probably most notably, uh, it occurred on April 21st, 2002, when Brave shortstop Rafael Fercal hit three triples in a 4-2 to two win over the Marlins. Um, very cool. And, uh, I, I, I will say this and leave it at this. There was an inside joke there that Dave was referencing and I hope he's listening because damn you, Dave, I'm not going to make light of that. Uh, so anyway, moving right. on from there, uh, we have, oh boy, it's Joe again. All right, boys, I'm back. Uh, disregard that first voicemail I sent you that I had no idea you guys were going to talk to me directly at the end there and so your sweaty shirts that's fine change them all all the time I actually I got really sweaty tarping this one that I just had had fun with and I had to change my shirt so I'm all sweaty but you know a few baby wipes later I am back now 
the chicken strip update. Yes. Yes, I found them in Vanden, North Dakota that day. Or the next day. Who knows? And they were the best. Until I got to uh, Ashtabula, Ohio. That's a place. later. And then, like, my mouth is watering right now. Those things were so crispy on the outside and juicy on the inside. Oh, baby. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. It was good. And it was, so New Hampshire sucked. They obviously built this back in the covered wagon days. And they didn't even, and even once trucks became a thing, they just still didn't care. They didn't update the road. But as you said, I am a true professional, and I navigated each and every one of those bad boys, even though I'd take some wrong turns, go down some roads that I wasn't supposed to, which is actually... Uh, kind of racist if you think about it, like, uh, just because I'm, I'm too heavy, I can't go down your silly little paved road there. I believe I pay taxes, too. Okay. So, anyways, I have finally made it out of New Hampshire. Well, I made it out of New Hampshire, went to Massachusetts, and made it back to New Hampshire. I just can't get out of that goddamn place. <laughs> Mile high. City, USA. That John Denver better not be full of death words. Hey, Cam, I heard you say uh, a very naughty four-letter word during this episode. Or I guess it's going to be the last episode now if you listen to this. And I just got to say, I was taken aback. I gasped. And also said a prayer for you, so please, please just know the kids are listening. Good God, how's three minutes not going by? I'm just over here talking, running my yapper. Okay, boys, Brandon in Denver, all right? Also, oh, I already told you had to poop in the woods. Talk to you later. <laughs> um, Joe, uh, making sure that we knew that he pooped in the woods. Um <laughs> I mean, they, they, they give you an entire cabin in that truck there. Could they not outfit it with, like, some sort of RV-style latrine, like, so you, so you can relieve yourself without having to, you know, wipe with oak leaves? At least I hope they were oak leaves. <laughs> uh, maybe, I mean, it, it could have been his shirt he was wearing for the last five days. It was already sweaty, so it was more so a wet wipe at that point. Right, which is, which everyone knows is more effective anyway. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Cam, uh, hopefully you kept it classy for the kids this episode. We'll see when I get to post-production. Uh, I did not. Ah, damn it. If you, you've already forgotten my joke that I made, but I, I did not. <laughs> well, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week on another brand new episode. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.